0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm with Alex Youngblood. How are you, Alex? I'm great, man. Good to be on the call. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. And we got an exciting interview today. I've been trying to get this guy on the podcast for months. I'd say almost a year. (laughs) And uh, I hope you're laughing, Brett. I'm just giving you a hard time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a hard guy. I'm a hard guy to get a hold of, Joe. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) He's
0: so popular. Everybody wants him. You you just get in line, man. I know, I know. This is going to be a really good uh, interview. But Alex, real quick, what's going on in your business? Working on any deals?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. Um, I think we've, oh boy, last time we were on the podcast, I can't remember what I said, but um, we had uh, three different new construction deals close out. And we've got let's see one, two, three, four, like five different wholesale deals closing, and we've got another like four or five renovations we're running as long as well as like fifteen different new other new construction projects going on. So yeah,
0: just a few things. Nice. Yeah, we're still doing our um, land deals little nice. bit. We kind of slowed it down the last four or five months, but we're starting to we're gonna be picking it back up in the next couple of weeks, but we're still. It's crazy, the mail that we sent out like six to twelve months ago, we're still getting calls. We're still getting uh, contracts absolutely. back, and uh, that's a crazy thing about land, because these landowners don't get very much mail from investors, so they tend to keep what we send them, and you know what it goes into that pile I'll look at later, and comes back up, and um, yeah, it's crazy. So. We're still doing a little bit of land, and I'm looking forward to ramping that up. But I will tell you this, uh, early announcement, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to be doing a new lease options challenge. I've talked about this before, but I'm going to be starting it next week. Uh, I'm going to be doing this new lease option challenge. We're going to, instead of me actually going into a new market and doing it myself, which we could do, right? I'm going to coach two other people that are actually here in St. Louis. I'm going to coach them on how to do it in a new market, and I'm probably going to pick a market in Florida. And do lease option deals virtually in that market, and we're going to hit it really, really hard. I'm going to go all out, do as much marketing as I can, get as many leads as we can, make as many offers as we can. And uh, if these two students don't work out, then uh, I even have a backup student that's going to come in if they can't handle all the leads. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a pretty cool option. I can tell you're all real excited.
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's always good. Whenever you put the uh, challenge on there, it forces you to take action to do it. So yes. that's good.
0: Well, anyway, let's get on to our interview with Brett. Brett Snodgrass from simplewholesaling.com. I wish I had that domain, Brett, but you have it. And if you ever want to sell it, <laughs> let me know. Uh- <laughs> I'll let
1: you know in about five years when it's worth, a min- uh, you know, 50 million. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Brett has a really good podcast called Simple Whole Ceiling. And you've been doing that podcast how long, Brett?
1: We're on episode uh, about 85, and we put out once per week. So, about a year and a half, I guess. Nice.
0: All right. And yeah. you're in Indianapolis. Yes. Which is cool. I'm going to actually be seeing Brett this coming Thursday night. I'm going to be speaking down at the Central or yeah, Central Indiana Creative Real Estate Investors Association. Is that what it's called?
1: Yep. Central Indiana Real Estate Investors Association. It's uh-huh. along. Yeah. Cyria is what we call it.
0: Cyria. I'll be there. And uh, Brett was gracious enough to to invite me down there. And uh, you have some involvement. Are you one of the leaders in the group? Or what do you, you do? You know, I'm
1: not. I just, I really, uh, I love watching things grow. And uh, Vicky, who has been helping with Cyria, has grown it from about 160 members to about 400 members in the last year and a half. And so she got a hold of me, and she really likes what we're doing with marketing. And I said, "Well, I think I can help you guys." And uh, so now I'm just kind of helping with some of the marketing and helping them them grow because I like to turn things into bigger things. So
0: nice. Yeah. And so you've been an active wholesaler in Indianapolis. You're you have a great podcast, and you also are a normal, regular contributor at Bigger Pockets. Is that right? Are you still are you still doing that?
1: Yeah, I was on the Bigger Pockets podcast. Uh, I actually don't have the episode in front of me, but I was a guest on their podcast uh, a few months ago and talked about wholesaling. And then we also write blogs for them. So every two weeks, you'll see a blog written from me.
0: Nice. And how can yeah. people find that blog at Bigger Pockets? If
1: you just go to bigger pockets and search for my name Brett Snodgrass, and it'll pull up basically my profile and then it'll have you know our blogs that we've written as well.
0: Oh, I see it right here fifty four blog posts, yeah, nice. there you go <laughs> and you wrote one of your recent articles, which I love the title of. it says wholesalers get a bad rap, but they're essential <laughs> to investors for these three reasons excellent that's
1: right Wholesal- wholesalers do get a bad reputation. <laughs>
0: Before we get to that, because I want to ask you about that, one of the things that you're known for, Brett, is like being an above-board, ethical wholesaler with integrity, right? So I want to talk about that, but talk a little bit earlier. What what were you doing before you got involved in real estate?
1: Yeah, no problem. I got involved in real estate in my mid-20s. My parents were both school teachers. So I wasn't raised in a business home, entrepreneurial home, anything like that. But I always had this entrepreneurial, just, you know, um, itch inside of me, this hunger for just to be an entrepreneur. And I even at a, at a young kid, I used to buy candy at Sam's club and go to school and sell, you know, pieces of gum and and just kind of make a, uh, you know, make some money with that. So even at a young age, I was just always just had that in me. I used to get my piggy bank out and count my money and just do all these like little weird things. So I went to college. I was a basketball player. My dad was a high school basketball coach. So I played basketball uh, through college and a small school here in Indiana. And then after that, I, you know, I had a teaching degree because my parents are both teachers and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So I taught high school geometry for about four months and I said, you know what, this just is not for me. So I moved home and huh. I started Getting some books like Rich Dad Poor Dad and uh, you know The Millionaire Next Door, Real Estate Millionaire, Real Estate Investor, just books like that. I started reading and I was like, Wow, man, these, all of these really wealthy people have made their money through real estate. And I said, I I need to learn how to do this. So Dad introduced me to a friend of his who was like you're doing doing now, Joe, buying land. And he bought land in Southern oh, yeah. Indy. Yeah, he bought land in southern Indiana, and he owned his own timber company. So what he would do is he'd buy 100 acres of land. He would timber, the because this was wooded land, so he would take some of the larger timber, and then he would sell the land. That's all he did. And I and I was kind of like a bird dog for him. I would help him find the land, these big pieces of parcel, uh, parcels of land. So I remember I was getting ready to get paid $7,000, which was – crazy big for me because my dad, I remember my dad saying, I've never seen my bank account with more than $5,000 in it. So here I am, I'm in my mid twenties and I'm getting ready to get a check for $7,000 commission off of finding this big land deal for this company. So I got that check and, uh, that's kind of when I kind of got started. So this was back in 2007, uh, early 2008, And I I knew I wanted to get into real estate from all these books that I read. So I found a house in the inner city of Youngstown, Ohio for $9,000. And like I said, I took my commission check and dad had, uh, he had about five grand and we bought that house for nine grand. And then I sold it for 15,000, you know, just a few weeks later. And I realized, wow, I had something pretty solid here. And that's when the business started. What year was that? This was at the end of two thousand and seven. So the market was really going down fast and uh, and I didn't really know any better. People were getting out of real estate, and I was just getting in just because I didn't really know any better. I just knew that I wanted to get in, and I just you know happened to be blessed at the right time that
0: I got in, you know, at that time. Nice, nice. yeah, so what happened when the market collapsed? What were you doing during that time? So the market,
1: you know, I bought me and uh, my dad and I, we were kind of partners at the time. He wanted to retire from teaching. He was about mid, uh, mid-50s. mid And uh, we bought about 10 houses in 2007. And then 2008, and the market was really tanking, right? And then I met a real estate agent. And I said, here's what I want to do. I want you to put in about two to 300 MLS offers a month. <laughs> it's all going to be REO stuff, as uh-huh. there was a lot of that. And out of those two to 300 offers, we would buy about 10 to 20 houses a month. Um, we would, you know, and we were buying in the Indianapolis. We were buying in Cincinnati, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, where there are three markets. And we made a lot of money. We, we did about 158 deals in 2008. So really, when everybody else was getting out, we were How getting many? in and about 158 in 2008.
0: Wow. Yeah. Which was crazy because I remember so clearly and Alex, I'm sure you do too. Like people were running to the hills. They're like, there's no way you can make money in this business. And everybody was freaking out. Right. Yeah. And that's when I started full time was 2008. I started in 2009, but uh, I mean, it looks like between 2008 and 2000 and maybe 11, everybody is saying you can't do this. Like, and, and they were, I mean, I, I was hurting a little bit too on some of my deals, but I remember there was uh the website flipping com. Do you remember yeah. that website, Brett?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: I remember Steve cook interviewing these guys there that were, that were just, they were still doing deals. I couldn't believe it that they were actually guys making money.
2: You know, it's funny, right? And this is something that maybe we could talk about uh, a little bit, right? So what's on the horizon in the next few years with real estate and, Sometimes I got to talk to myself about this because it's better to talk to yourself rather than listen to yourself, even though that sounds schizophrenic. But it's definitely true (laughs) is that we're going through there are market cycles. Right. So for me, with all the different new construction properties and stuff that I have going on, sometimes I get nervous. I say, hey is this bottom going to fall out and i'm going to get stuck with holding all these properties and 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 that's going to be an issue um what about rehabs you know am i going to get stuck with these rehabs and and everything's going to go and the bottom's going to fall out what's going to happen right but when i stop and i say okay remember i'm talking to myself here okay alex just remember you are buying these properties at really good prices you're not trying to get into these things for skinny deals. You're not trying to get into these things for um, low margins because we're not trying to do the volume game where we're just, you know, doing volume and, and and taking less of a margin because we're trying to make up with it in volume. But we're getting into these properties at the right prices. And I think if you do that, if you stick to the right prices and don't get caught up in the in the influence of trying to just do more volume so you pay more, I think that's what's
0: okay. Does that make sense? I agree. What do you think, Brett?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that it's just all, uh, you know, and and we all are kind of going through that. Right now, it seems, and this is way people probably thought back in 06, 05, yeah. 06, 07. They're like, man, this is this is easy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't even know why everybody's not doing this because it just seems easy, you know, and that's a tough thing, uh, you know, to swallow. But like you said, Alex, I think you just, you know, you just got to focus on what you're doing, uh, what you're good at, make sure you're getting good deals. Don't just ride the wave up. And, you know, I'm seeing other people, I'm seeing certain areas here in Indianapolis that I just do not understand. I do not get, and it's hard for me to buy properties in those areas because I just, I don't understand why the prices are so high. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. So it's just hard. So I think, you know, watch out for certain areas like that. So if the bottom does fall out, that those are the areas that could really, really hurt you, you know, when you're when you're buying off of these appreciated, you know, values that have doubled in 12 months, you know, uh, just kind of a little bit ridiculous.
0: Fundamentals, fundamentals. I'm pounding on my virtual desk right now. Fundamentals, (laughs) right? Because everybody who ignored the fundamentals back then got crushed when the market fell. And it's not like it's never going to happen again. It is. It is going to happen again. It may not be as dramatic in our lifetime, but it will. prices will go down. They will not always go up forever. We have to
2: be realistic. It is. And just got to be prepared and uh, understand what's going on. So I, I think it's helpful.
0: Brett, from uh, your perspective, what are the fundamentals that, it's, that are important for investors to understand and follow? So, you know,
1: I'm a big sports guy and, uh, I used to, you know, before practice and stuff, we would do these fundamental drills, like, you know, take the ball around your leg or around your waist or dribble up and down the court and, uh, just do some simple things. So I think that as far as real estate goes, you know, for me personally, I've right now, you know, everybody gets kind of the shiny object syndrome because like I said, it sounds easy. So like, you know, I wholesale, but flipping sounds easy because, uh, you know, the, Houses here in Indianapolis are flying off the retail shelf, and it just sounds easy. So I think you know the biggest thing for me is I just I have to focus, find out what you're good at, stick to it, and uh, and just you know do the best that you can at that. And for me, it's wholesaling. For you, it might be lease options or you know building new constructions. Whatever it is, don't just start doing everything because you can. One of the biggest phrases that I heard was, "Should you." I think the biggest question is people should ask themselves is, yes, you can do something, but should you do something? And that's the, that's a question I always ask myself all the time. Yeah, we can flip all these properties and, and fix them up and flip them, but should we? You know, is it going to take away from our core business, which is wholesaling? Could we just, you know, focus? So I think the biggest thing is fundamentally just focus on what you're good at and do that. And then for me too, one of the different things that we did in our business was we were, trying to go to maybe some different markets because we were thinking, oh, this market over here is sexy and this market seems like it's doing well and it sounds good. But it really just wasn't for us. We're just going deeper to what we know. And that's Indianapolis. So maybe, you know, um, I know, I know a lot of people, sometimes they go out of their own farm areas. They're going to these different markets because that's, you know, what they're doing. But for us fundamentally, it just makes more sense because we know Indy, we've been here. People could tell me cross streets and I'm, I'm going to put an offer and I've never even seen the house. They just tell me the cross streets because I know it so well. So those are a couple of things I think that we're doing in our business is to stay focused and just really just stick to and go deeper in our area that we know.
0: And how is business right now for you, Britt?
1: It's really good. <laughs> like I said, it you know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, knock on wood a little bit, but it's like, you know, we we're doing well. We uh, have literally doubled our business in the last twelve months. Uh, last year we did about one hundred and fifty nine wholesale deals, and this year we're probably going to hit about three, three ten, three twenty, uh, probably. Sweet. Yeah. So I mean, it's really been it's really been awesome. I got an awesome team here of about ten people, and it's just a lot of fun. That's that's one of our core values: just enjoying the ride. You so are it's just averaging.
0: 25 deals a month.
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I know.
0: <laughs> wow. Simple wholesaling. Yeah. Is, that, is that the name of your business? That's
1: yep, Yeah. We just keep it sound,
0: simple. That doesn't sound simple to me, though, Brett. But may, how do you set it up where it is simple then?
1: It's just it's just a process. It's just uh, putting the right people in the right seats and duplicating your system. I mean, wholesaling houses is the simplest thing that you can do. You know, you find deals, you negotiate the deals, get them in a purchase agreement, and then you find a buyer. It's pretty pretty, and then you close on it. It's pretty much what it is. So it's a very simple process. And then you have to teach your team how to to do that process and get everybody on board in the same boat, all rowing in the same direction. That's what I always preach. You know. So every I got about 10 people on my team, and I just try to get them all rowing in the same direction. So that's the only reason why we can go from 10 deals to 25 in, in
0: 12 months. Wow. Okay. So talk about th- that a little bit. If you don't mind, what is the average profit on a deal, a wholesale deal?
1: So we are in Indianapolis. We're not in Phoenix. We're not in California. And we're not in you know Florida. So our profits are a lot skinnier than probably other guys that you've had on your, on your mm, podcast. Maybe our not. average. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> our average price point, you know, probably 80% of the deals that we do here in Indy are between 20,000 and 50,000. Now we're in a cash flow market, so you know, people are buying $50,000 properties and renting them for 800. That's, that's just what we are. That's what we do. So our average profit is about seven grand per house. Um, so that's
0: not bad. And You're moving about 20 of them a month. You said 25.
1: Yeah. Like this month actually is probably, you know, I always people, um, the team kind of laughs because I said, Oh, Hey guys, we just, you know, we set another record. Uh, and it's become kind, just became kind of a repeating thing each month. And I think this month, <laughs> We're actually setting a record on the sales side. I think, I don't know, it's the last day of the month. I don't know when it's going to air, but it's the last day of the month. But I think that we'll probably do around high 30s to maybe even 40 this month. So nice. it's been pretty pretty crazy. So
2: are you doing the turnkey model, basically? You're, are you buying these, renting them, and then selling them? Or are you flipping them to the cash buyer who's going to do whatever they're going to do? Our motto is really just to keep it simple.
1: So uh, whenever oh. I had stuff handed to me was when I was managing contractors and doing all that stuff. So we don't, we don't deal with any of that. I have relationships with contractors that I refer to our buyers. So literally all we do is we're negotiating with sellers. We're getting stuff under contract. We're building our buyers list and we're selling these properties to the cash buyers who they are the turnkey companies. They are the flippers. They are the landlords and that's who we're selling to.
2: All right. So i got to ask, what's your best lead gen right now for uh, getting these puppies?
1: So I love real estate because the market's always changing, including our lead gen. Two years ago, direct mail all the way, yellow letters, postcards. That was, you know, we were doing 10,000 letters a month. Now we're doing about 30,000 You know, direct mail pieces a month, but it's becoming more difficult. You know, I get letters and postcards all the time. So our conversion rate has gone down. Uh, We still do direct mail, but really pay per click, which we have a company that handles our Google AdWords and and pay per click. So when somebody types in need to sell my house fast in Indianapolis, we pop up. That's been a great lead generation site. But you know what's really started starting to build a lot of traction is Facebook. I have a friend of mine who's been studying Facebook and Facebook ads for about two years now. And he just started with us and we probably get, I'd say 10 to 20 leads a month or a week on Facebook. And we probably get two to three deals right now from Facebook. So it's all a mixture, but those two are- to three, top, Two to three deals
0: three. a week or a month from Facebook?
1: Probably right now, just two to three a month. We probably get two to three from pay per click. And then we probably get about ten to fifteen. So, so I would say direct mail is still our best, but we—that's also our most expensive. We're paying, you know, thirty thousand pieces. We're paying between twenty, twenty-five thousand a month on. But on direct your mail. your
0: cost per lead is still less with direct mail than it is with PPC, right?
1: Our cost per per lead, yes, definitely, yeah. Our cost per lead with PPC is about a hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, and direct mail is is definitely a lot less than that.
0: Do you notice everybody? Brett knows his numbers. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. but honestly, our, our,
1: our, probably number one, which I haven't even talked about yet is what a, not a lot of other wholesalers are doing is we have created a meetup here in Indianapolis. We call it the simple wholesaling meetup. We're very, you know, Everything that we do, the simple wholesaling podcast, simple wholesaling meetup—it's very, you know, complicated stuff. But uh, uh, we host a meetup and we actually teach people how to wholesale real estate. So our last meetup was last week. We had about fifty people in the room. So we're teaching it, and then what that does is they're looking for partners. So and, and we're the advisors in the room because we're the ones talking, we're the ones teaching. So then they're out there finding deals, and then they bring them to us. Uh, so we probably half of our deals right now out of that 25 to 40 deals we're doing come from other wholesalers. We're either buying their deals nice. or we're partnering on their deals with them.
0: Nice. Mm. And how much does that cost?
1: <laughs> uh, nothing, uh, yeah. to put on, to put on our meetup. Yeah. It, it costs, you know, maybe at 500 bucks a month, but yeah, pretty much nothing. And they're, they're the ones spending their marketing dollars on the, on the direct mail and all that. So.
0: So you, and and let's be clear about how you're doing this too. You're, you're the buyer in these, you buy all your deals. You, you bring them down, you take them down, right?
1: Yes, I do. Now a lot of people ask, they, they can't do that. They're new. They don't have any money, you know, and all, all that stuff. And that's why other wholesalers love working with us because, you know, we, we have the confidence number one, because we do it every day, all day, and we have the resources to be able to take down their deals and still give them a percentage of the profits. So they don't have to worry, how am I going to get rid of this thing? And, uh, so yes, we do take down all of our deals. Somebody asked me why do you do that? Why don't you assign contracts? Why don't you do all that? And my response to that is, is that number one, I want to be really transparent. And number two, when you're dealing with 20 or 30 motivated sellers a month, You got 20 or 30 different conversations and these people have never really gone through a real estate transaction before, you know, most of them. So they don't really know what's going on. So, you know, if I were to say, hey, can I put a lockbox on your house? Plus, I'm going to have two or three people come through your house because they want to look at it. I'm going to market your house. Well, you know, you have to answer all of these questions 20 or 30 different times in a month and it becomes really messy. So I just decided, you know what? If we tell them we're gonna buy their house, we are. We're the ones showing up at the closing. We're the ones paying for the house. They don't have any questions about, hey, what's this assignment fee on here? Hey, you know, and why why is this Joe Smith showing up and not you guys at the closing? And it's just it just gets messy. So we just decide to do it that way.
0: Nice. That makes a lot of sense. And then do you um what would you say then to the beginning investor who wants to do that? Would you start telling them to start raising private money to get a private placement memorandum a ppm what would you tell them to do
1: i tell them number 1 is work with somebody who's already been down the road um i you know whether that's a mentor whether it's a coach or just somebody that's like myself that's just you know not really coaching not but i educate and i teach them and they send deals to me and i tell them where we need to be and they just partner with us um Number one, you know, they can leverage our resources, but they also leverage our confidence. If I've never done a deal before, you are very, you know, and I'll take you guys back. Your, you know, your very first deal, Joe or Alex, like, it was nerve-wracking. You're like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh. I don't know if this is going to go through. I don't know what I really what I'm doing. I can't believe I'm gonna get this big check, and I, it's just it's ve- you know you're very nervous and and shaky. But what if you could leverage somebody who's done it a hundred times or a thousand times? Leverage their confidence. You know, if somebody comes to me and they said, you know, I don't know about this deal. I've never done a deal. This will be my first one, and then I look at that deal and I say, yeah, let's do it. And then all of a sudden their confidence goes from a ten percent to a hundred. They're <laughs> like, all right, let's go. So I would recommend partner with someone and and that's already been down that road so you can leverage their resources and and leverage their confidence
0: that's a great idea and you'd say partner with somebody local if you can obviously because then they can help you with buying those deals
1: i would i mean i always recommend that because i've been asked to help people you know in california and i don't know anything about california i'm used to buying 20 to 50,000 dollar houses so when they bring me a 500,000 dollar house i mean i just i don't know the market so yeah, I would, I would recommend partnering with somebody who knows your, your market.
0: Are you buying these deals with your own cash or did you raise a bunch of private money to do this?
1: We do both. I've, I've been doing this about 10 years and I'm a very simple guy. If you look at my house, my car, I'm just kind of a simple, simple guy. So I mean, most of, most of the money I kind of put back into the business cause we're growing. So, you know, all of a sudden when you go from 10 deals to 20, now you got, you know, 10 more houses that you're buying. Um, so I put my own resources in, obviously, and then we leverage other private people's money. You know, I have a, a doctor friend who has some extra money. And then really it's just mom and pop people, no hard money, no big companies, no banks, just mom and pop that has an extra hundred grand, two hundred grand that we're saying, Hey, you want to earn ten percent interest, twelve, you know, eight eight to twelve percent interest using what we pay and They're like, yeah, it's just sitting in my bank account or my IRA or whatever. Let's do it. So that's pretty much what it is.
0: Nice. I want to ask you some questions about the price range that you're buying these houses and selling them in. There's a a famous or infamous, depending on your perspective, forum post, blog post, thread in bigger pockets about whether you can actually make any money on $30,000 houses. Do you know what I'm talking about, Brett?
1: I have seen yeah I think there's multiple articles actually and it's either it goes both ways they're like how I made a fortune 30,000 or how you can't make any money.
0: <laughs> so well the one thing you can get with bigger pockets is million different opinions. And <laughs> that's true. Which is it's a uh, nice and not nice. It can be frustrating and you know I love bigger pockets but talk about that like what's your perspective on that whole debate? Can you really make houses and the 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 thing that The people who say you can't make out money with $30,000 houses are saying that after capital expenditures, in other words, you're going to have to replace that roof sometime in the next 20 years. You're going to have to replace all your appliances sometime in the next 10 years. You're going to have to, and you need to all of that stuff that you're going to have to replace down the road. You're going to have to, you should be setting aside some money every single month for that. And so most people, when they're looking at their cash flow or they're looking at their cash-on-cash cash return numbers, they don't calculate. They don't figure for that. They figure property management, they'll figure vacancies and maintenance and regular repairs and all that stuff, taxes and insurance. But when you calculate in capital expenditures, your numbers are not good at all. What's what's your philosophy and argument on that?
1: I think it's just whatever you whatever you kind of want to do. I think you can definitely make money with $30,000 houses. Uh, you know, um, I don't know because that's just what I'm used to. You know, I'm used to, I have some rentals, you know, so we'll buy like right now we'll buy like a $25,000 rental and we'll be all in for, let's say 30, 35,000 and we can rent it out for 700 a month. I mean, it kind of meets, you know, if you read Bigger Pockets, it kind of meets that 2% rule, of which some people will say, hey, that's awesome. Some people say that you can't go by that. I don't really know. It's just an opinion. I don't know how you can make money buying a $100,000 house and renting it out for $1,000 doing the 1% rule. I don't know how that, you can make money with that. And people from California, they say that's where, that's where you make money. Uh, are they looking at the appreciation? I don't really know. I know Indianapolis doesn't really appreciate like some of the other markets, you know, out West in the sand states, but... I believe that, yes, you, if you buy a house right and you buy it discounted, you can make money in the $30,000 house market, but you have to buy it right, you know? I think it just goes with what Alex was saying, you know, you have to buy it discounted. You have to already buy it at a at a discount. You know, that $35,000 house you just bought needs to be worth 55. Then, yeah, I think there's, there's something to it, you know? So, if you have to sell it, now, if you buy a $35,000 house and... Um, you know, buy it over market, then, yeah, you're probably going to get hurt. You know, so I think yes, but everybody, like I said, opinions are kind of like you know uh, whatever. Some stink,
0: so <laughs> and everybody <laughs> has one. That's right. <laughs> so that's interesting. You so you have rental properties of your own, and um, how many do you have? If you don't mind me asking.
1: You know, I just really started collecting some in the past year. Uh, I have about a dozen right now. And some of them, you know, they're, they just kind of, I just kind of make sense. Like what, you know, for example, I got a house in Fishers and it's in a cookie cutter neighborhood, but the, I bought it with owner financing and the guy wanted 5% interest and he wanted, he didn't want me to sell the house. He wants to, that's his retirement. He wants to keep that 5% interest for his retirement. So like I said, well, I guess I'll just keep it and rent it. you know, it just kind of makes sense, you know? So I have about a dozen or so right now. Okay. Nice. And they're all over the board. Some are $30,000 houses that are, like I said, but then I got a couple of, you know, the cookie cutter, um, houses, but most of those I'm not buying with cash. I'm buying on some creative owner financing strategy.
0: Okay. So Brett, how can somebody get on your buyers list? If they're interested in looking at your inventory, what you have, where can they go to do that?
1: Yeah. So just go to our website, simplewholesaling.com. So basically we have, Two different sites on that. The simple when you initially go to it, it's our podcast, it's our blogs, it's we're putting out simple guides each month. So that basically what a simple guide is, it's a long guide on how to do something. So our very first simple guide was how to get started in real estate wholesaling. Our last one was how to find a mentor. And then that's that. But then if you click on the top right hand corner, it'll say, Hey, you want to see some properties? That's our property site. And then you can sign right up on our, on our website. So go to simplewholesaling.com, click on properties and it'll have a little thing. You can just fill out a form and it'll add you to
0: our buyers list. Nice. So, um, I'm sure you get this a lot. You know, that's simple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, really cool. I'm putting in my name and email here right now to see your properties because I can't see your properties unless I put my name and email in. That's smart. Uh, I like your website too, by the way, how simple you've kept it. It Yeah, that's
1: just, it's just, you know, just keeping it simple, you know. He's just just a simple guy.
0: That's right. (laughs) I'm a simple guy. Yep. I like it. So you're also doing deals in, in different parts of Indiana too. Is that right? Not just Indianapolis.
1: We do some in other parts, Anderson, Indiana, Muncie, Indiana, Newcastle, Indiana. But again, you know, we're, we're, we used to do a lot more. We're kind of scaling back because, you know, yeah, those areas are an hour away, two hours away, but it does take us time to go out there, take pictures, put a lockbox on it, put a sign out mow the grass or find somebody to mow the grass or whatever we got to do. So we're scaling back a little bit. I really just want to really just hit home and, and develop more lead generation here in Indy because nobody's, you know, have you guys ever heard of Anderson and Muncie? But you know, no, right. No. <laughs> but we, but you have heard of Indianapolis. Everybody's heard of Indianapolis. It's a great market.
0: And I think that I you know, have heard of Muncie actually. Okay. There you go. Somehow. <laughs> I'm looking at one of your properties right now. And it's a hoarder house.
1: Wow. (laughs) We have a few of those. Holy
0: smokies. (laughs) I like your PDF property information sheets. That's really, these are just, you click on links to get more information. And uh, it puts together all of this stuff in a really nice, easy format. Gives you good comps. Gives you a tax report that you get. Looks like RealQuest. A report from RealQuest or something like that. You put an aerial map of comps. You do some rental comps. I mean, this is super thorough, very, very good.
1: Yeah, I just think you know we don't put a bunch of information on our presentations. Like we, we used to put you know rehab numbers sometimes, or we used to put ARV. But then wholesalers they lose credibility if somebody yeah. disagrees with them. You know, like I
0: just that was the first thing I noticed. You did not have on here ARV or repair estimates. You, well, these because pictures.
1: People, when you send somebody out, when you send that property out to your buyer's list, let's say you got a thousand people on your buyer's list. If, if something is wrong, you're going to get that negative email or saying, Hey, this is not in that area. Or Hey, the ARV isn't 200. It's mm-hmm. only 150. It's just their opinions, you know? So, and then repairs, heck. I mean, I get wholesalers properties all the time. And would you guys ever actually, um, go buy, a wholesaler's repair estimate, then they're actually trying to sell you the property. Like I would never go off their repair estimate. So like we just decided yeah. not to even put it on there.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a good idea. And you don't need it. I mean, with, you have so many good pictures in here. Anybody can look at this and see. I mean, if they're an active investor. Yeah, yeah. okay, this is a full gut rehab. I'm going to need a new kitchen. I'm going to need a new bathroom or just paint and carpet. And then maybe a 10, 20% contingency in there. But that's that's really cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you one more question, Brett, about being licensed or not as a wholesaler. Uh, This is a big thing that people have been talking about for years. It's not just a new phenomenon, but the real estate commissions are cracking down on wholesalers that are brokering without a license. And I don't want to argue this whole thing of whether you have equitable interest or not. What is your philosophy when it comes to getting licensed? Do you recommend that wholesalers get their license or where do you stand on that?
1: Well, I've had my broker's license for about seven or eight years now. Why did I get my license? Because at that time we were putting in, like I said, two to 300 offers through an agent. She was making 50, 60, 70 grand a year just off of our deal. So I was like, wow, what if I just got my own license? I could keep that commission. So that's why I got it originally. But then just looking at it as far as getting into the MLS, I think it's very important. You need access to the local MLS. Yes, you can use Zillow, you can use Redfin, maybe some of the other sites, but I believe the local MLS is going to give you a lot better picture of the comps and what is actually going on. Uh, So I think I always advise wholesalers to get access to the MLS. Do you have to have a license to get access to the MLS? No, but you have to really get in good with, with a licensed agent. Um, so I always recommended getting licensed. You know, Any meetup that we ever had, I'd people would say, hey, should I get licensed, should I not? I always said, yes, I think you should. I think that the Real Estate Commission is cracking down in some states. Indiana, we haven't i don't know of any big legal things uh, going on right now and anybody's gotten in trouble that haven't been licensed and they've been wholesaling but um you know there's definitely some tension out there when it comes to wholesalers and the you know uh, brokerage uh, real estate commission but i understand it is a little bit more difficult you have to disclose everything you got to disclose that you're a broker every mailer i have to send out i have to put i'm a real estate broker and it just not that that's bad. I don't like really care. It's just an extra step that sometimes I forget, you know, sometimes oh crap, we forgot to, you know, put that on there and we got 30,000 mailers going out. It's just yeah. one step that we could, that we have to take. I always recommend that if you're not going to get licensed because you don't want to have to deal with all that, you know, that's okay, but you need to be transparent. So Mm -hmm. just like it's just like it's a nuisance when I'm licensed, I have to put on a broker everywhere I go on all my ads. If you're not licensed, there's another nuisance. You have to be transparent to the sellers and you have to disclose exactly what is going to happen and what you're going to be doing. So, you know, your conversation instead of saying uh, telling a motivated seller, hey, I'm going to buy your house here, sign this purse agreement. Your conversation might look like this. Hey, um, you know, I work with a pool of investors and they're looking for uh, investment properties in this area. And I would love to, I, I think that I can sell this house or one of them would buy this house. I would love to market it to them and it's just kind of a different conversation just to say i'm not going to buy it but somebody else is so you don't have to explain it when somebody else shows up to the closing and the seller says well i thought you were buying this house why is this guy here and then it's just well i told you you know i, I work with a pool investors and and this guy's one of the guys who's gonna buy it so i just think you have and then when you go to sell the property i've noticed other wholesalers that are doing it right instead of saying hey i have this property i'm selling yeah they say I have this contract Mm -hmm. I am selling. So they're just wording things different, and I think that's what you have to do.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that you always got to be careful advertising the contract and not the house. But you Mm -hmm. avoid all of that, don't you, if you just close on the deal and purchase it yourself, right?
1: You do avoid all that, yeah. I mean, I can sell my own houses, Um, and that's why we do – like I said, it's just cleaner, it's simpler, it's not as messy – but I understand if you're new and you don't have any money and you're just getting started, how are you going to do that? And you don't have any resources. Either partner up with somebody else that's doing it or if you don't have somebody else that you can do it with, just change your language and you know that's what I would do.
0: Hmm. Good advice. Yep. Good advice. And I would also recommend to folks just start thinking about how to start raising private money. I'm not an expert in that. You got to get educated on that. And I might even say, talk to an attorney, you know, you need to, depending on how much money you're raising and how you're doing it, you got to make sure you're doing it above board. You're doing it legally and all that, but there's other avenues as well. You could do a home equity line of credits. You could do business lines of credit, business credit cards, even if maybe, maybe, maybe.
1: In Indy, in Indy you could, cause like I said, our houses are pretty cheap.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you can buy a house on a credit card if you want.
0: Yeah. You know, at least to get started, <laughs> right yeah. um but there's a, there's a lot of options out there so if if don't let the i don't have the money excuse stop you from proceeding because where there's a will there's a way and if you've got a good deal and the numbers are good you will find somebody that will partner with you on that and lend you the money
1: yeah and then and that and that's the biggest thing that's why i always tell people to partner with someone who's already been down that road is because i think that if you're experienced the money will find you when I first got started, I think it would have been very difficult for me to find money. But now if I can say, yeah, you know, we just did 100 deals last year. I don't really need your money, but if you want to give it, you know, this is kind of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they're actually offering me, <laughs> they're actually offering us. So because we're experienced now. So I feel like that if you can get some confidence, get some experience under your belt, eventually I think the money's going to come to you.
0: But I think it's also important to find the buyers first, right? To find the guys that are active in the market. And find out what they're looking for and find it for them, right? Because once if you have those buyers first, they can either buy your deals or lend you money on the deals or partner with you on the deals, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. You know, reverse wholesaling and we're we're always asking our buyers, what are you guys looking for? What areas, what price points, what rents, you know. So then when we're looking at properties, we say, Hey, I think that uh I think Alex is, I think he would like this one or, you know, this one over here, like that doesn't fit him. But I think Joe, I think this would fit his criteria. So basically it's just like their buyers, our buyers are giving us shopping lists and we're just, we're just going
0: shopping for them. Basically. You, you still got to be careful with the brokering issue, right? Absolutely. <laughs> right? Because you can't, you can't find another house for somebody and get Dude. paid, but there's ways you can do it the right way. You can partner with these folks on these deals you can like you talked about before borrow money from these folks for the deals so you just got to be cognizant of that and be careful with that and don't let these little things i i feel bad about bringing these things up because i'm worried that they will stop somebody from taking action because they're so afraid of, of making a mistake or doing something wrong but um it is something to be it's important to be aware of yeah
1: definitely
0: well hey cool thank you so much brett uh simple wholesaling.com. If you ever want to sell that domain. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Joe.
1: Did we already talk about Called that? It? Yeah, I'm just reminding you.
0: Kind <laughs> of that yeah.
1: one out there. <laughs> no, hey, thanks guys for having me on. I just appreciate it. Alex, I've heard you know so much about I I don't think you can ever get around your last name. So uh definitely heard a lot about you and I appreciate you and uh everything. And then Joe. I'll see you this week in Indy, and uh, thanks yep. for having me on, man.
0: Good, man. I look forward to seeing you. We're bringing our camper up there, so we'll be camping at the KOA to the east of Indianapolis. I'm not sure where, but it's hopefully it's out in the sticks and not in the city. <laughs> <But we'll, laughs> That's be, awesome. I'm actually going to be staying there for a week, a uh, little bit. We're going to be staying in Indy for about three days, and then we're driving down south to the, uh, the Ark Encounter. We're going to go see the Ark Encounter. And the yeah, uh That's the pretty Cre- cool.
1: I took my family down there right when it opened and yeah, it's pretty neat.
0: Then we're going to go to the Creation Museum. Don't nobody send me any hate mail, oh, okay? Oh, the ark. Yes, the ark. We're going to go see that. We're going to go see the Creation Museum. They're somewhere down there. And then we're going to the uh the John Audubon State Park for some reason. My we homeschool our kids and my kids have been studying nature and science and stuff like that. So we're going to be This is interesting. If you're into science, we'll probably get two different perspectives from these two different places. But anyway, we're going down to past Louisville, Kentucky. It might be in Kentucky. But anyway, it's going to be a fun little trip. I'm looking forward to it. That sounds fun. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you too, Brett. And your podcast is also called Simple Wholesaling, right?
1: Yeah. Just go to iTunes. uh, Search for Simple Wholesaling, uh, the podcast, or it's on our website. Uh, Like I said, simplewholesaling.com.
0: Awesome. Hey, thank you, Brett. Thanks, Alex. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. See you all later. Bye-bye.